Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 54 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, presented by The Hub Chicago. And we got a heater of an episode for you. We got a really, really good one. Obviously, going to be giving you some of those gambling lines. We're going to make it a little bit quicker quicker this week in the in the uh degenerous digest and then we're going to roll into the trending topic segment for those of you who are new listeners come from, coming from the hub chicago um instead of doing our first and 10 sometimes we do trending topics um so this week we're going to be wrapping we're talking about ufc 244 and boy it is a fucking doozy of a card we're going to be breaking that one down and we're gonna have a little bit of a of a fun question for you guys at the end bring, bringing that back um something a little bit different so with that being said, we just want to start off the episode, and this is something that I think is a good outlet for us, just like get out some anger. Um, so, so I saw this, and I didn't – like this This is a pretty good weekend for me. I, nothing really kind of – nothing really made me that mad. So I don't know. What, I mean, basically a lot of small things. With, with what pissed us off this weekend, and I guess I care about this a little bit more than Travis does, or Travis just kind of has – come to expect it but i just got to talk about mizzou football for a hot second yeah i I mean at this point it's just like it's like well yeah i'm done now it's over i'm done with it i mean just pounding on a fucking broken drum yeah i mean seriously i mean (laughs) everyone who wants to back barry odom i'm looking at tj mo and i will fucking add him on twitter i don't i did it on saturday actually because dude was awful quiet on saturday dude was he's been backing up barry odom so hard and Guess what? You don't. You don't. I understand Barry Odom had a bad first year, which is fine, and then he 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 slowly progressed. Went seven and five year two, eight and four year three. He's not going to get better this year. We're five and three. No, with, no way we can get better than eight and four. Yeah, with we're, four gonna, games, we're probably going to be seven and five. If that, if we're lucky, we could probably lose to Arkansas, man. The way we played recently, we could especially very, on the road. Yeah, we could very easily lose to Arkansas. This is a six and six team at best, I think, and. I don't care what you guys say. Like, yeah, Barry Odom's been able to recruit, whatever. Guys, you don't get better and then regress and then get better again. It just doesn't happen in college football. So for all you Barry Odom homers out there, and I've I've been back and forth on and off the fence. I'm officially off there right now. And so he proves me otherwise. It just pisses me off. Like, how can you go on the road three times this year and lose all three games? I mean, it's just it's in not only that, put up embarrassing performances. Embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I'm just tired of these like no name hires. Like where where'd Barry Odom come from? Memphis. That's how but he was our he was our defensive coordinator before he went to Memphis. Or no, he was like a def, a member of our defensive staff. Then he went to Memphis and was there and then came back. So Yeah. Either not impressed with them, haven't been impressed with them. Mizzou football, I'm over it. I don't even care anymore. I honestly watched like maybe half of that of the Mizzou Kentucky game. It was dog shit. I'm over it. 
So we, uh, my, my wife and I, it was a nasty day and we kind of sat and watched the most, majority of it, but she's got a great picture of me off the send to Travis so he can uh, put it on, on the social medias, but I'm just sitting there just like staring at the screen and it says the look of sheer disappointment. And I mean, that's what it is. Like I, I wasn't even mad. I didn't yell that much on Saturday. I didn't really get Travis. Travis knows I yelled a lot at the Vanderbilt game, but yes, I do unfortunately know that that was to be expected, but the Kentucky game, I just kind of like was like numb to it. And it's sad. So we're on the Mizzou basketball season. Hopefully that's a little better, but that, that, that was my thing that pissed me off for the weekend. Travis, you didn't have anything at all over the weekend. Honestly, no. I mean, I just recently in life, something that's been pissing you off. You want to get a soapbox about recently in life, man, that's a tough one. I mean, honestly, it really is. Um, so it's good for you. You're, you're, you're having a good life. Yeah, I'm having a good life. Actually, no. You know what kind of makes me mad? What's that? And it doesn't have to do with sports. So I went to the zoo on on Friday night, last Friday, for like their little uh, Halloween thing. Yeah. And what, I don't understand why they put away the animals at night. <laughs> Where do they go? Uh, How can their cages behind whatever exhibit they're in be more humane or comfortable? than their exhibit. So you're, you're throwing a humanitarian shot out there right now. That, and it just pisses me off because why have people come to the zoo and all your animals are Well, no, they had like the boo at the zoo thing or whatever it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But, but like, where, why, where do the animals go? Why do they put them up? Like the polar bear? It was like 45 degrees. Why isn't the polar bear outside? Yeah, I mean, he thrives in that environment. The freaking Kodiak bear? He wasn't out there either. There's two of those. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know where they put them. The penguins were outside in their little thing, but why can't the polar bear be outside? That's why that's do they put the gorillas up? You know what? You know what, Travis? You said two bears. That means they're discriminating towards large mammals. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. The red panda <laughs> was outside. The seals were out, but all the all the fun animals were gone. Damn, pisses me off. All right, well, Travis. Actually, still, yeah, that made me mad. Travis has got some, uh, some, some beef with the zookeepers at, at the St. Louis Zoo, but <laughs> um, in all reality, it's it was kind of a little fun to get to vent. So, with that being said, we'll roll into Degenerates Digest. We're gonna keep it kind of short this week because we have a loaded trending topic segment with the UFC. But let's play it. Hey guys, so we want to tell you a little bit about this new daily fantasy app that we just recently partnered with. It is called Thrive Fantasy, and Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only the top-tier athletes of each matchup. Instead of a traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. Uh, For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets available, plus two ice picks that protect you from any late-game scratches or postponed games. Uh, each unique prop has an over or under point value, which is assigned to it, and you'll be rewarded that point value if the prop is correct. For example, will Tom Brady throw for over or under 250 passing yards? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points that each selection is worth, and you will build your team and score around the amount of correct props you select. It's a whole new way for daily fantasy, so you should check it out. Thrive Fantasy app in the App Store and Google Play. Also, when signing up, use code 2DRUNKS. That's 2-D-R-U-N-K-S. Not case-sensitive, just 2DRUNKS. When you deposit $10, you'll get an extra free $10 to use on your first round 
of contests. So check that out. That is Thrive Fantasy. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites. Not the time for saving. All right, we're going to roll through into Degenerates Digest. We have the same picks as we have the last couple of weeks. This time we're going to do a little bit quicker so we can get to our trending topic section for you guys. Uh, starting off with college football, I'll start first, if you don't mind. Go for it. Number 22, Kansas State at Kansas, Saturday at 2.30. Uh, Kansas State is five-and-a-half-point favorites, and I'm locking them in at five-and-a-half. They're coming off a huge win versus Oklahoma. They're now ranked. They have all the momentum. Their offense is putting up more points per game, and their defense is allowing significantly less points per game. So I'm going to ride the Wildcats here in Lawrence, minus five and a half. Like that pick a lot. Did not see that, but I like it. My number four game is a team I bet against last week. Um, It's TCU at Oklahoma State, 230 on ESPN, and the Horned Frogs are three-point dogs, and I'm taking the Horned Frogs at plus three. Um, Oklahoma State is ninth in the country in yards per game. TCU's 47th. But where, where the problem comes into play is, D, is TCU's defense is scary. They're 18th in the country, allowing 304 yards per game. Um, and they allowed a lot of yards last week against UT, 447. But they, turn, they, they force a lot of turnovers. And Oklahoma State this year is very turnover prone. They have 17 turnovers, 10 picks, 7 fumbles, and 8 games. That is not good. That's that's more than two. That's a little more than two a game. Um, and I think TCU is kind of is going to be opportune on the defense side of the ball here. Do the same thing they did with Texas last week. Horn Frogs plus three. All right, saw that one. Didn't pick it, but I do not mind it. My third game is number nine Utah at Washington mm-hmm. Saturday at three o'clock. Utah is four point favorites. Oh nope, they're three. It moved to three. Okay. Utah's three-point favorites. I had them at four. Even better of a reason to take them. Utah minus three. Actually, sorry. I'm going to interrupt you again. It's three and a half. Oh, my God. Utah minus three and a half at Washington. They're number nine. Utah's defense has been outstanding basically all year long. This is, how the, this is the amount of points they let up in the last few games. Zero, three, seven, and 13. I know Washington has a bit more of a high-powered offense. I still think it's too much, and they're not going to be able to p- penetrate Utah's defense. So give me the Utes minus three and a half in Washington. I had the same exact pick for my third game, which is wild. Uh, Utah minus three and a half. By the way, it's Saturday at three o'clock on Fox. Um, Travis said Utah's defense is astounding. It is. They're third in the country in total defense, allowing 231 yards per game. They've allowed nine touchdowns this year in eight games. That's insane. Um, and you said their Washington's defense is, is, is a little bit – I mean, Washington's offense could be a little bit better. Not the case. Utah's offense is actually better than Washington's offense. I'm not saying their offense is better. I'm saying Washington's offense They're a little more high-powered high power. than past opponents. Yeah. Yeah. But Utah's offense is still better than Washington's offense. So, better, really, really elite caliber defense, better offense. Um, I think the defense is the main factor, like Travis said. Um, and that three-and-a-half-point spread is easy money. I mean, Utah, keeping it up. Maybe a possible they snuck uh, dark horse for a college football playoff team. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Florida and Georgia play this weekend. That's a top 10 matchup. LSU and Alabama have to play each other yeah, soon. I'm saying they need so. to keep rolling. They're doing good. My second game before we get into the locks is 
a game that's actually probably going to be underlooked. It is number 15, SMU, at number 24, Memphis. Time out. This is where college game day is going this weekend. They're going to be downtown on Beale Street for the first time ever. That's awesome, Uh, even though it's nowhere near the stadium. Uh, (laughs) Saturday at 6.30. Memphis is five-and-a-half-point favorites versus an, uh, an SMU team. And I don't like that at all. I'm taking SMU plus five and a half. They're undefeated going on the road to a one-loss Memphis team. Uh, the game should be a damn good one. They're two very, very evenly matched teams where SMU is strong on offense. Memphis makes up for it. They're a little bit stronger on defense. I think it's going to be close back and forth game that I can see going either way. Uh, just not by more than five points. So I'm taking SMU here plus five and a half. I like that a lot. I definitely think SMU is a stronger team in that pick. Um, like you said, they proved earlier they're undefeated. First time being ranked since like 1985. So I'm not saying they're going to win, but I don't think they're going to lose by six. I don't think Memphis is all that hot. I would peek at the money line there. So I mean, yeah, if you're if you're feeling frisky, you got yeah. a couple bucks to throw down on Saturday. There you 6:30, go. go for it. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to roll into my I guess third my second ranked game of the week. It's Number six, Florida versus number eight, Georgia in Jacksonville, a neutral nope. site game. Travis is shaking his head, saying far away from it. Not touching the spread. I don't even know what it is off the top of my head. I went with the over under, and I went with over of 46 and a half. Again, this is Saturday at 2.30 on CBS, over of 46 and a half in Florida at Georgia in Jacksonville. I know this is kind of a scary pick because Florida has an elite caliber defense. But this game has kind of been up and down. Um, I think over the past few years, this rivalry, it's either an offensive or a defensive matchup. It's neither kind of in between. Uh, Both of me in a top 10 matchup, I see it being a shootout. Um, UGA is 24th in the country in scoring offense, putting up 36 points per game. Florida is 45th in offense, putting up 32.5 points per game. So do the math. This should be a matchup in the high 50s, low 60s. Um, and I can see them easily hitting that 46 and a half. This is going to be a shootout. I mean, this is going to be the winner of this game is in the driver's seat of the SEC East. So I see, see them going at each other's throats and just seem to be a fun-ass game to watch. All right. Um, it doesn't really matter who wins that game because Alabama is going to beat either of them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even LSU, depending on who goes to the SEC championship game. But either way, those are – are two good teams to watch. By the way, the spread is Georgia minus six. That is why I did not like it. Yeah, the over that that I didn't touch it. I took the over under, obviously. So for sure, I like that. Uh, going into our locks of the week, mine is number seven Oregon at USC. This is Saturday at seven o'clock. Oregon is five point favorites at USC, and that's what I'm taking. Uh, USC is good at home, but Oregon is just good. Flat out, period. They have one loss on the season, only losing to Auburn. I think that was week one. Uh, they have a great defense. They're only allowing 14 points per game. USC is allowing 24. I think Jake Herbert or Justin Herbert continues his run for the college football playoff race and rolls USC here in USC. So lock it in, Oregon minus five. I saw that, nearly threw it in my picks, didn't for whatever reason, but I do not mind that pick at all. Jarrett's going to go with another lock of the week that no one's going to watch. It's Fresno State at Hawaii, Saturday at 11 p.m. Central Time. So I like picking these Hawaii games. 
I do. I do. And I'll tell you why. I'm picking Hawaii minus one and a half against Fresno State at home. Again, this is a late, late game on Saturday. It's not on TV. Saturday, 11 o'clock. 11 p.m.? 11 p.m., yeah. So it's like, I think it's like. Blacked out by the time that game comes on. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're watching UFC. So, Uh, but this is a late one, but gamblers should circle this. Fresno, first of all, flying to Hawaii is never easy, especially in the middle of the season. Midterms are going on for college, for college students. Um, It's it's not taking them anyway. What? These football players aren't taking them anyway. Fresno State's not a football school though. So, I mean, (laughs) they, they actually might be. So, um. The Rainbow Warriors, which is a ridiculous name, by the way. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more are 13th yeah. in the country in total offense. 13th in the country in total offense, putting up 488 yards per game, and they scored 36 touchdowns. But their defense is less than stellar, and that's what scares me, especially against the run. Um, and they've been coming off. They've played three of the last four games on the road, so who knows. Um, but Fresno State's 3-4. and four. They're 2-3-1 and one against the spread. Couple that with a long flight to Hawaii. I'm taking them in a tight game. Minus one and a half is not a lot. So I'm taking the Rainbow Warriors. They're the better team here, um, and I'm taking them to, to win this ballgame. Why are the rain? Why are they called the Rainbow Warriors, but they're only green and white? Uh, they but had to the, change their name. They were just the Warriors, but I think they had to change their name due to some like political reasons. Which let's not dive into that. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, sorry if you hear my dog running in the background. He is my. 17 week old new puppy chasing my cat around yeah i i can't hear it so they they shouldn't move here to home but yeah Travis's puppy is adorable going absolutely bananas either way that's it for college football we're going to roll into our nfl picks thursday night halloween night we got which will probably be a snoozer of a game 49ers at cardinals 49ers are 10 point favorites the over under is 43 and i am taking the spread here 49ers minus 10. I just think that they are very real. If we didn't already know that they were real, you know now, heading into, I think we're in week nine. They've let up a total of 23 points last month. Okay? And I don't think the Cardinals are near as good as what their record shows. Their three wins have come against some of the worst teams in the league, Cincinnati, the Giants, and the Falcons. Um, the 49ers are on fire. I like them to cover 10 here. You just saw what they did. They blew out the Panthers last week. They have the ability to put up in the 40s, 50s, while their defense is only going to let up maybe 20 points at most. So I'm going with the 49ers minus 10. I definitely don't mind that pick. I thought about it. I'm actually going to take the under 43 here, but I still think with the under 43, the Niners can cover that spread. 
Um, the under has hit in four out of seven Thursday night football games this season, and I see this one continuing that trend. The Niners are number one in total defense in the league. They're allowing 224 yards per game. They're also – if Tra- Travis just walked away, but Travis, if you're listening, listen to this. I was plugging my computer in. The Niners are number one in total defense. They're also number one in passing defense. They're only allowing 128 yards per game through the air. And guess what? The Cardinals are fucking struggling when it comes to the ground game. David Johnson's hurt. Chase Edmonds hurt. They just traded for our boy, the Miami Miracle kid, Kenyon Drake. He's not going to be able to be ready in that offense this week, especially on a short week. So I don't be able to see them be able to run the ball in this game. Um, and, you know, they're, you're going against the Niners who have the number one pass defense. Um, I just think it's going to be tough for them to score points. So I see them getting three to ten max. In the in the Niners getting like twenty four to thirty. The thing, um, yeah, that's that's the thing that scares me. I think the 49ers have the possibility to score forty points on their own against the Cardinals. It is, it is. But I I think on a Thursday night, if if they have a huge lead, they might like let off the gas earlier than usual. Especially with it being a short week, you don't want to risk injury when you're fucking seven and zero, potentially going going to be eight and zero. So I see them laying off the gas off the gas a bit if they get a big lead in, in the in the second half. So. That's why I took the under there. All right. We need to roll with these. Keep going. Uh, we got a lot of, lot of trending topics, shit to talk about. Sunday morning, we have a London game at 8.30 Central Time at Wembley Stadium. It is Texans versus the Jags. Texans are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 47. And I am taking the Texans at one-and-a-half. Um, honestly, neither of these teams have looked great, in my opinion. It's a huge conference game or divisional game. Uh, that they're traveling for, which is kind of odd to me, traveling all the way to London for. Uh, it's going to come down to who handles the flight better, in my opinion, that long-ass flight to London. And I think it's going to be Deshaun Watson. I think just better quarterback play is going to win this game. Uh, and I know they have some troubles on the defensive side of the ball, but I think the Texans take this one in a close game, barely covering that one-and-a-half point spread, maybe win by a field goal. I also have the Texans at minus one and a half. You talked about that flight and the quarterback handling it better. Got to remember Gardner Minshew is a rookie, never probably ever been to London before in his life. Um, so that's, that's something you got to take, in, take into consideration. Also, the favored teams in London games are 16 and 10 against the spread. That's pretty good odds to me. Um, and the over-under is 13 and 13. So I'm, taking the, I'm also taking the Texans at minus one and a half. I feel like the Texans offense has found their rhythm since they played the Jags in week two. They beat the Jag 13-12 in, in, in week two. Um, I just think they've gotten better. Deshaun Watson is kind of taking it to that next level. So one and a half is not a lot. I'm locking the Texans as well. Sweetness. Rolling into Sunday night. Uh, this might be a good game, actually. Patriots. I'm pumped for this game. Patriots at the Ravens. Patriots are four-point favorites. Over-under is 45 and a half. And I'm going with, I'm going with the Patriots here at minus four. I almost have to. I cannot doubt them anymore. Their defense might be one of the better defenses that's ever been in the league if they keep it up. They are only allowing a little over seven points per game. That is just ridiculous. I don't see a way the Ravens can have success against this defense. I think they will figure out Lamar Jackson very quick. It's going to be a rough day for him in the air, leaving the only thing for them on the ground, on the run, him marking around probably aren't going to be able to muster up a whole lot, so I'm saying Pats by 10 to cover that four-point spread. And I'm going the exact opposite. I'm going Ravens plus four in this one. Stupid. Um, 
I think if Cleveland wouldn't have had those dumbass turnovers, I mean, they had a shitload of turnovers in that game this in that in that afternoon game this weekend. Two of them that led to 14 points, which was the difference in the spread. I think they would have covered, and they also showed some weakness in the Pats in the Pats defense. The Browns gashed the Pats on the ground for 160 yards rushing, which doesn't seem doesn't seem like a lot, but they're only averaging allowing 85 per game this year, and the Browns had 160. So, couple that with the Ravens being the best rushing team in the league, they're averaging 204 yards per, yards per game on the ground. 204 yards per game on the ground. That's a lot. Um, they're also the second team that the only the second team this year that the Pats have faced that have a winning record. The other one being the Bills, and the Pats barely beat them, 16 to 10. But I think this can be a bit of a closer matchup. Maybe Pats win by a field goal. I'm not seeing the Ravens win. Pats by a field goal or so. Um, I'm taking the Ravens plus four in this one. I think the the rushing yards for the Browns was a bit of an anomaly because it was dumping fucking rain that game. So it was, but Nick, no other choice to run the ball. But Nick Chubb looked like a fucking superstar. Well, because Nick Chubb is a superstar, um, except for fumbling twice. But yeah, either you know. way, Monday night game rolling into that Cowboys don't like this game at all. By the way, I hate it. I, I love it. Cowboys minus seven and a half at the Giants. Over under is forty eight and a half. I don't know if you've seen the theme here with my picks, but every single team is the road favorite, and I've taken them, and I'm going to continue that theme here. I'm taking Love the Cowboys minus seven and a half, coming fresh off a of bye week that they needed. They got that huge win versus Philly right before the bye. The Cowboys are going to roll the Giants here who are struggling. They've now lost four in a row. Their defense is atrocious. They've let up the fourth most points in the NFL, the Giants have. So the Cowboys should be able to take care of business here in New York and kind of get back on track for that second half of the season. I love that pick. I have the same one, minus seven and a half, Cowboys. Um, was it, is that, did you say seven or seven and a half? Seven and a half, which is, yep. is a little weary, but I still think they should be able to roll them. Yeah. So I also have the Cowboys minus seven and a half. So I looked at some stats. I looked up since 2016 for the Cowboys because that's kind of when Dak Prescott and the current regime took over. Um, they're two and two against the spread coming off a of bye week. Not a lot to tell us there, but they're eight, six, and one against the spread as a road favorite. So, when, as a road favorite, the Cowboys since 2016 are eight, six, and one. That's some good stats. This year, the Giants are 0 and two at home against the spread as a home underdog. So, I think the Cowboys' momentum, they clobbered the fucking Eagles two weeks ago before their bye week, had some time to rest. The Giants, like Travis said, are playing bad football, four in a row, allowing a shitload of points. That defense is awful. Zeke, Michael Gallup, Mark Cooper, all those guys are having a big day. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to really take control of the NFC East in this matchup. All right. You heard it here. We've got both the same picks. The only different pick we had was that Pats game. So we'll see how that pans out. Well, we had a different pick on Thursday night, but it wasn't against each other. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we have two left. We have our lock of the week and our upset of the week. We're going to do our lock first. Mine is one that kind of screwed me last week. I'm going to roll with the same team. It is the Colts at the Steelers. Dude, Sunday. I saw this, and I almost did the same thing. I'm like, the Colts fucked me last week. Yeah, which they ended up getting the win. They didn't cover the spread that we needed, but they got the win. It's Colts, so it's Colts at Steelers on Sunday at 12, and it's a Pretty much a pick em. I think it was a one-point spread. I'm just going Colts money line here, which is minus 105, but that's still the underdog because the Steelers were minus 115. So I'm taking the Colts. 
I think they are the way better team. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I think they're technically, I mean, like I said, they're technically the underdog, but I don't know why. I guess because the Steelers just came fresh off what a comeback win versus the Dolphins. Look, the timeout, like the, this timeout, I'm going to say this right now. The Dolphins would have beat the Steelers last night if Xavier and Howard poisoned the second half. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers aren't that good. Their defense is not that good. So Jacoby Brissett and the Colts should be able to score a little bit better on them than they did the Broncos. Also, the Colts' defense has looked incredibly better with Darius Leonard back. Yep. I don't think they're going to struggle nearly as much as what this line suggests. I think it's a trap game for people wanting to pick against the Col- or pick the Colts. So they put this line this close. I'm going to take them all day at minus 105. Love that pick. I almost had that as my lock of week two. I probably will still bet it, but I didn't want to throw it out there. Um, like I said, the, the Dolphins would have beat the Steelers. Xavier Howard was making Juju Smith-Schuster look like a high school Fortnite douche that he, that, that he is. So um, just want to throw that out there. Um, my lock of the week is Tampa Bay at Seattle. It's a Sunday 3 o'clock game, and I have Seattle at minus 6.5. That's my lock of the week. Tampa Bay is not good. Well, let's just throw it out there. They're not good there. They had that one game against the Rams, and everyone started to buy into the hype. Since then, they have not played good football. But Seattle is. They're ninth in the league in total offense, and their defense isn't great. Their defense is 23rd in the league in total defense, but they have the seventh best red zone defense. Their opponents are only scoring on 48% of attempts. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Tampa Bay is one of the worst red zone offenses. They're 19th in the league, scoring on 53% of chances. So Tampa Bay may be able to get the ball down the field, but they're not going to be able to score. Seattle can. That's the difference. Seattle minus six and a half for lock of the week. All right. Don't mind it. Seattle's kind of screwed me on a few covers. Might bet it. We'll see. Um, rolling into the upset of the week, our last pick. Jared said he didn't really like a lot of these upsets this week, and I didn't really m- like them either. I know you wanted to throw some of our stats out there for upset of the week, so go for it. I do. I do. So, guys, just want to let you know, we are a total of 9-3 and three on the year in our upsets of the week. Um, I'm five and one. Travis is four and two. We had one similar pick one week, but if you were to bet a hundred dollars on each of our locks of the week this year, you would be up a total of nine hundred ninety six dollars, nine hundred ninety six dollars, which is insane to me that we have been that good. Um, we've been picking underdogs, you know, positive money lines, um, and we are nine and three in those picks. That's a fucking insane rate to hit in gambling. We're up nine hundred ninety six dollars. If Dave Portner was following us, he'd probably be up like fucking 110,000. So, um, exactly. So, yeah. roll with our upsets. I know I, I picked on the Browns last week. That was strictly value. Didn't pan out. But either way, still. And I still even factor that. I still factored that into our into that total. I still factored that. If you were to bet $100 on that, you still would be up 996. There you go. So, hopefully, we're going to keep the trend going this week. My upset of the week is the Lions yep. at the Raiders. Yep, Sunday at 3.05. So you double down on this one since we both have it. The Lions are plus 110, so it's not a huge upset, but it is an upset. They've had a tough stretch there for a second. They played the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Vikings. Um, and, I mean, they, I, they just seem like the better team. They have the better players. They have the better quarterback play. Um, I just think it's realistic here that they beat the Raiders on the road uh, in – Shit, Oakland. I almost said L- Las Vegas. Not yet. Um, it's got. I think they're going to battle out. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the better quarterback comes out of this, and Matt Stafford 
takes control of the game late and closes it out, and the Lions get the win. Yeah, like Travis said, I, I didn't like a lot of the money line dogs this week, but this one makes. I don't the even most, love this one. No, this one makes the most sense. So, like, if you were to put money on it, this is the most like not bang for your buck, but the most economical sense. Um, they won the Lions won last week after dropping three in a row. But like Travis said, very tough stretch. It was a Chiefs, Eagles, and Vikings all all in a row. Those are three tough teams. Um, and if they want to stay in the hunt for a wild card berth, which the NFC is looking pretty goddamn tough this year, the Lions are going to have to win this football game. And I think they do. I like Travis said, I like Matt Stafford. Carry on Johnson going down for the year is tough. That kind of hurts their offense a bit. Uh, they didn't trade Darius Slay today, which is good. It means their defense keep, keeps a bit of an edge. So um, I like the Lions plus 110 here. There we go. Same upset of the week. A lot of the same picks. Uh, we will post those probably on Friday with all of the rest of the weekend picks, but that does it for the degenerates digest portion. We're going to roll on trending topics where we talk about UFC 244 uh, and it is a doozy. So listen to it. It's coming up. Hey everyone. As you know, we've been recording with anchor for about a year now. And honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because a it's free B There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, we're in the trending topic segment. For those of you new listeners, this this is a segment we've done in the past. Basically, when we want to talk about stuff that's not football related. So this weekend, it's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. It is UFC 244. And for those of you who don't follow the UFC, you should start this weekend because this is a fucking doozy of a card. If you you listen to us on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis, whatever. By now, you should be watching UFC. Yeah, seriously. I mean, this thing is a doozy. UFC 244 this weekend at Madison Square Garden in New York, in New York City. What's actually cool about this event also, it's the UFC's 500th event. So I think it's really cool they're doing that and doing it in UFC, in, well, UFC City. Um, New York City. So... There's no title fights in this card. When, and anytime anyone ever sees a card who's an amateur MMA fan or UFC fan, they want to see no title fights. They automatically think that's, that's, that's a bad card. But it's not the case in this one. This one is stacked. Honestly, we have tons of fights in this card that could be fight of the year candidates. And including 
a one-off title belt they're introducing called the BMF title, which stands for the baddest motherfucker. Um, we'll talk more about that later, but I think it's hilarious. Prelims start at 7 p.m. on ESPN2. The main card starts at 9 p.m. Central Time on pay-per-view. So you can catch the prelims on, on ESPN2 and then roll into the pay-per-view at 9 p.m., which Travis and I will be purchasing it and watching it and betting on it. So with that being said, we're going to go through um, a couple of fights. We're going to go through all five of the main card fights. We're actually going to start off with the last prelim fight of the night on ESPN2. This is a light heavyweight bout. You got number seven, Corey Overtime Anderson, who's plus 140 versus number 11, Johnny Walker, who's minus 170. Uh, Travis, I mean, this is, this is going to be a great fight. What did you make of it? Yeah. One, I just want to point out that it's crazy. There's a number seven versus number 11 on a prelim. Uh-huh. It's kind of crazy to me. Um, but yeah, before I, so usually when I look at lines for any other sport, I look at the actual lines before I bet these, I don't, I look at the, all their stats, what they've yep. done, Same. what they've been doing recently. And then I go and I look at the line and I'm like, okay, that's what I'm betting because I actually did my look into it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. First off, Johnny Walker might be the baddest name there is. The dude's literally named after whiskey. (laughs) Second, I'm picking him in this fight. This is why. He hasn't lost since June of 2016, and he's a knockout specialist. 14 of his 17 wins of his MMA career have come from knockout. Meanwhile, Corey Anderson is just a man of stamina. Eight of his 12 wins have been by decision. I think it's going to be a fight that stays on the feet for the most part. I see Johnny Walker winning regardless of a knockout or not because he's going to be advancing most of the fight. He's going to be trying to knock him out. Therefore, I'm taking Johnny Walker by KO in the second. Okay. Uh, you'll, hear my, you'll hear me on this one. Walker is a newcomer to the UFC. He's 3-0 and in his, bouts, in his bouts in the UFC since earning a contract. He was actually on Dana White's Contender Series. Um, and all of his three wins in the UFC – have been by first-round finishes, whether it's TKO or KO. Um, Anderson, however, Corey Anderson, is a vet. He hasn't lost since November of 2017, and in his three-fight win streak, they've all been by three-round decisions. So with Walker not making out of the first round in a while, stamina could be an issue for me, and I think this fight has to give somewhere. I could very easily see it being Travis's prediction there, but I'm going to think this fight goes the distance, um, Anderson's ability to take it to the mat. He averages nearly five takedowns per fight. Um, so I think he's going to be able to do that, control the ground game, control the mat, um, and win by decision. So I have Anderson by decision in this one. Boo. <laughs> um, so that's the prelim fight. That one's free. To catch these next, you'll have to pay for them on the main card. This one's going to be well worth your fucking money. Yeah, it'll be very well worth it. We're going to start with the first fight of the main card. It is a lightweight fight. Number 10, Kevin the Motown Phenom Lee versus number 11, Gregor the Gift Gillespie. Uh, I know Gregor Gillespie is the favorite at minus 170 again, so it's weird. Yeah, it's minus why. 170 and uh, Kevin Lee is plus 140. Okay. Um, but I can say that all these fights are going to be entertaining, but this one kind of stood out to me when I was digging into it. Um, you got a younger Kevin Lee against a 13 and 0 32 year old Gregor Gillespie who I like in this one and who I am taking in this one again Gregor Gillespie can do it all he has six knockouts yep. five submissions and only two decisions so the dude likes to finish the fight within the distance 
which is why I think Lee is not going to be able to handle him. He's not going to be able to stop him standing up or on the ground. Um, he's going to have to pick one or the other, and then Gregor Gillespie's going to take advantage of that. Lee is also declining, even though he is younger. He's lost three of his last four fights, so I'm taking Gillespie by submission in the second. So I'm going to preface this before I go into all my stats. I have the same exact prediction. I have Gillespie by round two submission. So wow. Travis and I have the same one there, which is crazy. But I'm going to go. I'm going to slow dive into it and break it down and break it down a bit. Um, Kevin Lee was once a very promising lightweight. He actually fought Tony Ferguson back in October of 2017 for the interim lightweight belt. So he's kind of had a big fall from grace since then. He tried to jump up to welterweight, and, which is the 170-pound division. He got submitted by Dos Anjos in his debut in the welterweight. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to lightweight. It seems like he's in a, at a bit of a, an identity crisis for me um, and faces a very, very good Conor Gillespie. Um, but for Conor Gillespie, Lee's is, Lee is by far and away his toughest opponent to date. Would you, that's fair to say. I was looking at Gillespie's opponent record. Kevin Lee's by far and away his toughest. Um, they're both very well fought, well-rounded fighters and can either scrap, stand up, or take it to the ground like Travis was saying. But I think the difference here is Gillespie's ability to dodge punches and counter on those punches. Gillespie absorbs only 1.81 strikes per minute. Lee absorbs 3.18. So I think Gillespie, Gillespie, uh, Connor Gillespie catches him, takes Lee to the ground, takes Lee to the ground, and submits him in the second round. All right. Crazy. We had the same prediction. The number fourth, or the number fourth. The fourth fight on this list, heavyweight bout between the number fifth ranked fighter, Derek the Black Beast Lewis, whose balls was hot, and number eight, Blagoy Baga Ivanov which That's is just a mean-sounding name. <laughs> Sounds like you would not want to take a hit from that guy. But that guy is a favorite at minus 130. Derek Lewis is even. Do you have it? He's even? even. All right. Um, Got to love Derek Lewis for the infamous My Balls Was Hot quote, if you haven't heard it. Um, but fun fact, fun, fun story for all you new listeners. Travis yeah. and I were at a bar. I was about to – I was going to include this in there. This is my next line. Okay, go for it. Yeah, so – Derek Lewis will forever hold a place in my heart because me and Jared were at a Northern Kentucky bar watching this fight. What was that? Last, last winter, October, last October. We were in Cincinnati. Last October. Yeah. This fight was over. He had lost. He it was pretty much well, but over for Derek Lewis when he was fighting, uh, Alexander Vol- Volkov. Vol- yeah. And, uh, so I went to the bathroom in the third round and I'm sitting in the bathroom and I can't open the door. I lock myself in the bathroom. I hear the whole bar going crazy. I come out only to see Derek Lewis knock out on replay Alexander Volkov with 11 seconds left of the fight. Missed it because I was locked in the bathroom. (laughs) So fun story for you. But nonetheless, I think that his time is, is pretty much coming to an end. He is older. He's coming off two losses in a row, pretty ugly ones where he just didn't look good. The dude literally only knocks people out. He's won 18 of his 21 fights by knockout. Yep. Meanwhile, Blagoy Ivanov has never been knocked out in his MMA career, and he can do it all. He has six knockouts, six submissions, and six decisions. I think that no matter what happens, he wears Derek Lewis out because he is a big boy who just runs out of stamina quick. It's heavyweight. Yeah, but he runs out of stamina so fast. We've seen that in his last two fights. 
these sweaty boys get way too tired and they go the distance. So I'm going Ivanov by decision. Okay. Another another disagreement here. So Travis already said that my balls was hot. Man. I got fucked by Derek Lewis the last two fights. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have bet against him against Daniel Cormier. You shouldn't have bet against him. So the dude, but Derek Lewis can straight up fight. He has resilience and he can go the distance, even though you don't think he can. I've seen him knock out Volkov with 11 seconds left. I've seen him get like kicked in the stomach and like it looked, looked like it like hurt him in the stomach and like he was like clenching his stomach the entire fight and then ended up knocking the dude out because like he's just, he, he, he's resilient. He did lose his last two fights. Let's not forget who those last two fights were too. Daniel Cormier, who was the champion until Cipe Mio just knocked him out, and Junior Dos Santos, another fucking legend in his own right. Um, Ivanov, the Blagoy Ivanov, he's from Bul- Bulgaria. He's making his fourth UFC appearance. He's 2-1. and one. All three of those have been by decision. The loss was to DeSantos, so they have a common opponent here. Um, like Travis said, uh, the Black Beast is a knockout artist. Ivanov is technical, but what scares me about Ivanov is he absorbs 4.44 strikes per minute. And I, I don't think you can do that against Derek Lewis. You can't, abs- you can't absorb those strikes. You hit that many times. Dude, could, dude has some fucking power. So I'm going by. He, he beat Ben Rothwell by doing it. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. Blagoway beat Ben Rothwell by absorbing that many punches. And that's ben, a big boy. Ben Rothwell's washed. He's too involved in Ronda Rousey. Um, who's also aka washed. Um, the only way that Lewis wins this fight, and the ones that the one if if it goes past the first round, Lewis is done. This, this fucking Bulgarian fuck's gonna win. Um, but I'm picking Lewis by round one TKO just because I want to fucking see a round one TKO in the in the in this card. I think mean, I think this is the best chance for it to happen. So Derek Lewis round one TKO um, in this fight. All right, I still I just think that he's just fat and and overweight and can't. Have you seen this fucking other guy? He's fat too. They're heavyweights, man. They're all fat. I know, but Derek, I've just seen Derek Lewis fight, and it's it's not impressive. It's like he just went through the McDonald's drive-through and then decided he wanted to go run a half marathon. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Hey, um, yeah, the third shout out. fight, <laughs> the third fight on this card is a welterweight bout, number eight. Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus 14. Going to butcher the fuck out of this. Vicente, the silent assassin, Lequeu. I said, I would say, I would say Luque. Luque. Either way. Um, By the way, that, 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 that nickname is fucking on point though. The silent assassin. That's dope. Um, Steven Wonderboy Thompson is the favorite. I, I think it's minus 130. Yep. And Vincent Luque is even. So kind of yep. like the last fight same odds um steven thompson though i'm gonna go ahead and go into it is on a downward spiral yep. his last five fights he's won three and one i think the people have figured him out his ground game is not good he's only had one submission in his career he has more of a striker than anything he's also old he's 36 years old going up against a guy who's nine years younger than him i think the vincente is going to be too quick too agile, too strong, probably has better stamina at this point in his career. So I'm going with Luke by KO in the third. Okay. So you, you're, 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 you're giving Wonder Boy the props to make it through a couple of rounds. He's going to make it that far, but I think that he just, he absorbs way too many hits in the end and he's going to, he's just going to be gassed and gets knocked out in the, in the last round. To be fair, Travis and I have watched our fair share of Wonder Boy fights. Um, he fought our boy, Ty Woodley. He can't take many hits. What? He can't take many hits. No, 
He, he fought our boy Ty Woodley twice for the belt. Um, one was a draw. The other one was a decision loss. Um, so like Travis said, he's won three and one in his last five. Luke, on the other hand, is on a six-fight win streak. He hasn't lost since March of 2017, but only one of those have come by decision. So he has four KOs or TKOs and one, one by submission and then one by decision. Um, Thompson, with his string, string of bad luck, he lost in the decision to Till. He got KO'd by Showtime Pettis. I can see him being rattled a bit. Neither of these guys are grapplers. So, guys, literally, this one might – honestly, this one, Travis, when I saw it, this might be one of the best fights on the card. I think these guys are going to stand up and just fucking trade blows. Um, I expect a brawl, but something tells me that Steven Thompson gets his swagger back and he makes – he has one more shot, one more run at UFC gold, and I think he realizes it here. Um, Thompson, by decision, is, is, my, is, is my pick. So, Travis, you picked him to go to the third. It's not unlikely that if he goes to the third, he can easily make it out of there and, and win by decision. 43% of his wins have come by decision. Luque is, is also used to finishing quickly. He's only ever been to decision once in his career, and he won it. But um, I just see this Thompson by decision for me. All right. A lot of disagreements. Should be an interesting card. We'll see if we, if we can keep it up. Going in the second fight, we have I know we're going to disagree on this next one. I 100% know it. Middleweight, yeah. Co-main event, number four, Kevin Gastelum, uh, who's a favorite, minus 200, versus number nine, Darren the Gorilla Till. Um, he is white, so it's a little bit of a racist nickname. <laughs> um, but Till he's, is, plus, he's, he's plus 160, by the way. And this is Till's first fight. Up, he went up a weight class in the middleweight. Yep. So he so for for the, those of you guys who don't know like the names of the divisions, he fought at welterweight, which is one seventy. He's jumping up to middleweight, which is one eighty five. Yeah. So he's going up in weight, and I honestly don't like it. Jarrett says that he does, um, but I never like when guys go up in weight because it's a whole other beast. Kevin Gaslam can pack a punch that Darren Till has probably never seen before, and along with that. Kevin Gaslam is also heavier, so he's going to struggle wrestling with him because he's 15 pounds heavier. He's never thrown a guy that's 185 pounds around the ring before. Um, I hate to just pick based on their recent performance, but Till is also going up in weight after fighting two tough opponents at 170, Woodley and Mazadal, in which he lost to. So he lost two in a row, and then he's going to go up in weight. I just don't like it. I think Gaslam overpowers him and just wears him down. I'm going to pick Gaslam by decision here. But I could see him knocking him out. I would, I would honestly just stay away from betting in the round and just go gasoline in general. But I don't, I don't like – just to be preface for me, I don't like betting rounds anyway in UFC. I, I'm yeah. betting on the outcome. I, would, I honestly don't even know if I'll bet on this fight uh, just because the value of minus 200 isn't there. I, just, I think he wins – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. 
So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I just, I just want to sit back and enjoy this. I honestly see, want to see what Till can do at, at middleweight. Because if he can win this one, I mean, Till can make a run. But again, talking about another fall from grace in um, another another Woodley kind of a, a, a t- touch of curse from Tyron Woodley. We talked about Steven, Steven Thompson in the last fight who lost twice to Woodley. Well, one was a tie, one was a loss. Um, Ty Woodley, Darren Till fought for the welterweight belt against Ty Woodley last summer. Travis and I watched it at my house and fucking Ty Woodley fucking choked him out. Um, then he decides to go up. Well, then he promptly gets knocked out, demolished by Masvidal in the second round. Um, and now he's making his debut in the 185-pound class. But Till always looked big at 170 to me. I mean, the dude is six foot tall, which is very, very big for 170. But, and this is, this is a good jump for him, but Dana White, quote, this is what Dana White said. This wasn't the fight I wanted for Till's debut, but he wanted it, so it happened. So Dana White did not want to pick this fight. He thought Kevin Gaslam was too big of a reach for him. And I don't disagree, but um, I something tells me that, Till, that this is Till's natural weight. The dude has phenomenal power. He's not going to wrestle like you said. So I don't, I don't see him having trouble with wrestling Gaslam. Um, and, you know, I just, you know, he has phenomenal power. He's got three inches on him, a three-inch height advantage, three-inch reach advantage. Um, if he can keep the distance, I think Till can knock him out. So I have Till by round two TKO. All right. I just I just know how how hard those bigger guys can hit, and he hasn't taken a hit like that. Because Woodley doesn't true. hit hard. Masvidal hits hard, and he got knocked the fuck out by Masvidal. So I think yeah. he catches a big hook from Gaslam, and he's lights out. So. Yeah, just just the just the like Gaslam. Like I know Dana White said he didn't like this match, but Gaslam may be the best in the middleweight because Gaslam's kind of shorter. I mean, he's a five nine one eighty five pounder. Yeah, he's short. He's so a big, he's a little chunky. Kind of reminds me of uh, Daniel Cormier a bit. Yeah. Um. So that's a that's the co-main event. The main event is might be one of the most. Ex- I mean. Fights this, that I'm this, excited this for. Is all a fight, year. This is a fight of the year candidate right here. I got like giddy looking at this fight because I cannot <laughs> wait. It's a welterweight main event, the BMF title, number three, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal versus number six, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz, the underdog at plus 140. Masvidal is, I don't have him, minus 170. Minus 170, which, man, it's, uh, that's not a lot of value here. And I just think this fight's going to be so electric. Um, two 34 year old seasoned vets going at it. Uh, and I know if, if you guys aren't familiar with it, if you didn't see the Ben Askren fight when Masvidal knocked him out, you know, his strength is in knockouts, but Nate Diaz on the other hand has an iron jaw. He's only been knocked out once in his MMA once, career. Once. That was in 2013. Nate Diaz is a wrestler like none other. He can throw punches. Masvidal cannot do very well on the ground. He was scared to wrestle with Ben Askren, which is why he went for that flying knee at the very beginning. Just and so happy. Can we say if, if Masvidal does, doesn't land that, I think he's in trouble. Mm, I don't know. That's different. Different story for a different day. <laughs> ben Askren struggles. But Nate Diaz is a bad motherfucker, obviously. BMF title. 
if I mean he's not going to get knocked out here. There's no way Nate nope. Diaz can let himself get knocked out. He's too strong. He's too. He has just too much heart in him to get knocked out. Um, I don't know if I like decision or submission, but I really like Nate Diaz here. I think if he's smart enough, he's going to spend a lot of this fight on the ground because he knows Masvidal's a knockout artist. I'm saying Diaz by submission in the third. Ooh, I like that pick. I'll tell you mine here in a second. Uh, I, 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 the first words I wrote when this, like you said, you got giddy. The first words I wrote was, holy shit, I am pumped for this fight. Like, I literally wrote that. Like, this, I was like, pumped for the Masvidal Askren fight, too. That didn't last long. But that was still insane because you and I, you, Ethan, and I were watching it together. We just kind of stared at each other, like, yeah. If that like, were to happen in this one, too, it would meet my expectations. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't think we've ever seen a, a, a fighter skyrocket to fame like we have with Jorge Masvidal. Have we? No, like, he's, he's jumped up there within the last year. Yeah. He knocked out, dude, by the way, because I've seen it, go watch his, I mean, his knockout against Askren, everyone's seen. Go watch his knockout against Darren Till. He yeah. fucking laid Darren Till on the canvas, and I thought he might have been dead. Like, they literally had to, it was worse than Askren's knockout. Right? They both look dead. I mean, the dude is strong. Yeah. But Nate Diaz is stronger. If this fight goes longer than a round or later, I think it, I think it's it's trouble for Masvidal. He's 6-6 six and six in his decision fights. So, like Kevin said, if it goes long, because this this, but even though this isn't a quote unquote title fight, it's the main event, so it's automatically five rounds. Is it um, co-main? Is uh, the second Gaslam and Chill is that five rounds since it's co-main? I do not know that for sure. We'd have to check on that. Yeah, I but we know the main event is always five rounds, and this technically is a title fight for the BMF title. Um, but Diaz was built for the long haul. And like Travis said, he can strike with the best of them. He can grapple. He can dirty box. He can take it to the ground. I mean, the dude is like probably, one, honestly, to me, one of the most well-rounded fighters in the UFC. He can strike the Stockton slap. He actually was talking about this on an interview I watched. They're like, where did this Stockton slap originate? He goes, actually, my brother Nick was the first one to do it. He slapped Robbie Lawler in the face and it pissed Lawler off, got him to bait, and then Nick knocked him out. He goes, but for me, it's more like when I'm going for like a hook and I know I'm not going to reach, I'll extend my fingers out just to slap him a little bit and piss him off. So um, you guys are watching it. He slapped Connor a few times. And that's, that's for me. If Connor can't knock, can't knock Nate out, Mazadal can't knock Nate out. I'm sorry. Cause Connor's one of those powerful guys in the UFC. Um, I mean, who, who the fuck, who did Nate just fight? Uh, fucking uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis. Yeah. If Anthony Pettis can't knock Nate out. Yeah. Nobody. No I mean, Nobody's going to knock Nate out at this point in his career. The dude's too strong. Like I said, he has too much heart in yep. him to get knocked out. So for me, Diaz wears Masvidal down, takes it to the ground. He, I, I, think, I, think D, I think Nate will stand up with him for a few rounds, maybe one or two. Like, all right, let's trade blows, give the fans what they want. Then rounds three and four, those championship rounds. So we're going to be like, all right, I got it technical. I have Diaz via submission in the fourth. All right. We have, we have three of the six fights different with three of the six fights the same. So it's going to be interesting. UFC 244. You don't want to miss it. If you don't like UFC again, you really need to try. You just really need to try and watch it. And this would be a good fight to get into that. Do some research. Look at, look at some of these guys. It's just an electric sport and we love covering it. And we hope that you guys love hearing about it. And if you guys ever need a place to watch it and you're in the area, for these big events, let us know because we would love to watch it with more people. Yeah, we watch. We probably watch more UFC fights, you know, this year than we have 
in the last ever. It, it, it really dates back to when Connor kind of blew up ever since we were in college. But this year, I mean, it's really taken off. I mean, Dana White's got it, got it on point at the ESPN. And then the next one we'll talk about, 245 in December. Holy fuck, that's a whole other one for a different day. Three title fights on, on, on that card. But this one is going to be fun. So yeah. tune in, bet on it. Travis and I have, have actually had our biggest gambling winnings betting on parlays of UFC fights. Probably won't be this one, but I will no. bet on it. Um, so that does it for UFC 244. Going into the outro, we got a little quick question for you guys before we wrap things up. This, was, this, this, was, this was my suggestion. This was Jared's suggestion. He has the Mount Rushmore of TV sitcoms. So we both get four. Um, I threw one cliche one in there. I'm sure you did too because I'm sure everyone's like that has their top four in their head. But I kind of went outside the box for the rest of them. Um. So, so let's my, hear yours. I don't know what you mean by cliche, but my number one, and it's my favorite show of all time, is The Office. Yeah. So obviously that's going to be one of because I could sit down and watch The Office at any time. And it's a, I, I quote that show all the time, like so much. Like the characters in that show are, are so fantastic. Yeah. And, we, and so, I mean, we both have The Office, but if you want to replace it, I'll just pick a legendary uh, sitcom and it would be Friends to replace that. Friends. Just because that's another Re- one. Replace it or is friends in, in, in yours? No, well, usually you just don't want to have the same because that's just kind of lame. No, do it. No, we, we have the same because I think, I think we're going to have very different ones, two, two three, and four. I, yeah, I honestly my two, three, and four are just kind of like are just classics. Okay. Okay. By so two. We, so we, we, we both have the office on our, on our Mount Rushmore TV sitcoms. What else? Yeah. My two just kind of like set the precedent for me back when I was younger, The Simpsons. It is a animated sitcom. Yes, it is. It's a very it's a very good one too. Yeah. That's that's a really good one. Grew up watching that shit. Yeah. That's a very good one. I like that. My two is Parks and Rec. Okay. I mean right, for me yeah. like so Travis and I are both Parks and Rec majors. We're not obviously working in that field currently, but uh, just watching that show, it's like everything that I want that I thought Parks and Rec should be and like government work and i don't know like just the characters in that show like they're all 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 over the place i love it yeah i like that show a lot just didn't make my top tv sitcoms my third one is another animated sitcom which kind of is a little outside the box on but it's something that everyone can appreciate spongebob squarepants is that a sitcom though i i mean it's a short animated comedy show Okay. Okay. You, I feel like that's countable. It is. It is. So sitcom, sitcom stands for situational comedy. And I feel like every single one of his show, every single, every single SpongeBob SquarePants show is based around a different, based around a different situation. And it all has the same characters in it. So I, I could see that. My third one is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just, Travis has never really sat down and watched it, but you really should. I've watched some episodes and they're pretty funny. Dude, it's just fucking off the wall. Like the off the wall shit they do is bananas. My favorite one is whenever they're tailgating for the Phillies World Series back in 2008. And their whole scheme to get into the game is to have Charlie jump out in front of a car and get hit by a car so he can scam the person who hits him in a car in the parking lot to give him the World Series tickets instead of suing them. I mean, just stupid shit like that is fucking hilarious. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good show. I got jerks. I never sat down and watched it, but I do like it a lot just from the episodes that I have seen. Um, this is it, the last one going into it. Another one that dates back to childhood, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Dude, I knew you were going to say that, and I wanted to include that in mine, but I didn't. That's a fucking great show. Yeah. I mean, we- you just can't not. Possibly one of the best uh, theme songs of all time. Oh, 100%. Everyone knows the... In West Philadelphia. That's got to be the outro. It, I, I was going to do that or Fight Night by Migos. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that one wins. Yeah. Um, um, Fresh Prince. Got to love Fresh Prince. Oh, Fresh Prince is great. Uh, hey, Travis, you can, you can appreciate this. When we were kids, we – well, not kids, but I guess middle school to high school, and we had our own TV in our rooms. And I used to always – this be, this guy's – this is dating us back a bit. This is before smartphones and we had could scroll on our phones and go to sleep. We had to watch TV in our bedrooms. Yeah. And, and we couldn't stream it on Netflix either. Yeah, we couldn't stream it, especially, <laughs> where, especially where we fucking lived. Yeah, no shit. Uh, I used to always watch Nick at Night and it was always George Lopez and then George Lopez would end at like 10 o'clock and then we'd go to fresh, fucking Fresh Prince. And I was, Bro, George Lopez. Probably one of the most underrated TV shows ever. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. But I would George Lopez would end at ten o'clock, and then Fresh Prince would come on after that, and I would watch like maybe two episodes, and I would fall asleep on the third, like somewhere between eleven and eleven thirty, because I'm a lame ass. But anyway, my fourth is a classic. My only classic on the list, really, it's Seinfeld. Man, that's. But for me, like I like Seinfeld. It's gonna have to be a one and done episode, though. Yeah. I can't I mean, just sit there and binge watch Seinfeld or watch more than one episode. Yeah, it's just got so many like classical like quotes from it. I mean And you I, gotta you gotta think about the baseline. Yeah, but <laughs> you gotta think about the baseline in between like little skits. Seinfeld is a good one. There I mean there's so many really uh these are just some some of the notable ones for me that have really sparked who I am today, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it is. So you had the you had the Office, the Simpsons, SpongeBob, which is a wild one, which I love, and then um, Fresh Prince, which Prince. I also love. Fresh Prince is probably if I if I had to throw an an honorable mention out there, a couple honorable mentions, it'd be Fresh Prince, and probably um, I don't even know what another one would be. My my honorable mention would probably be Fresh Prince, and How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, How I Met Your Mother is a good one. Uh, my honorable mentions, I love Parks and Rec, obviously. So that yep. would probably be one of them. Yep. And then probably Friends. Yep. So mine is, I had The Office, Parks and Rec, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Seinfeld. So we're going to try to bring bring one of those back every episode. We kind of steer away from it for a little bit. I know you guys like hearing it. Um, I did. Hopefully we will have some fun stuff coming up because my birthday is coming up and answer the internet. If you guys don't follow that on KFC Barstool, Barstool KFC, uh, they have an answer the internet. They had a card game come out today and I asked for it for my birthday. So maybe Travis and I can answer one of those questions um, on an episode, you know, hopefully in the future. But anyway, ladies and gents, fantastic. UFC 244 is awesome. If you're in the area, want to watch with us, let us know. It's going to be a fun one. So uh, have a good weekend and uh, gamble hard. Peace. Hey, Tony, to <laughs> Public service announcement. Why my rich niggas at, man? Why rich, man? Make up! Bro, niggas dance to the love.
My rich nigga stand to the right. Take your right. Love my mother, she keep looking at me. I'ma knock the pussy out like fight. Like, hit it with a left, hit it with a right. I'ma knock the pussy out like fight. Like, hit it with a left, hit it with the right. I'ma knock the pussy out like fight. If you know me, know this ain't my first way. Certified everywhere, ain't got a print the resume. Take out LA. Talk crazy, I pull up underlay. RP to Nate, dog. I had to regulate. Pocket rocket fire, watch him disintegrate. It's a chart load, come in on the illustrate. Sunline state, all of my dinner plate. Your main beat, so she wanna make a same state. Rich nigga, I can never be a broke nigga. Broke niggas, I can never get along with them. Always been hated since a little Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.